Welcome everyone to the latest edition of the Walker AC Experience. I am your host, Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you are my friends, I am Walker AC. Welcome me back for just one of these other random shows that I pop up here and there, because this is just what I do. And, of course, to accompany me in this lovely journey of just of us just babbling our brains off, um, the one of the hosts of the Cereal and Beer podcast, which shall be releasing here very shortly, back again for a third time. Eventually, I'm going to steal this guy and just you know, make him part of my show and skip on the other show. Welcome back, Kevin You, Hey, Kevin, how's it going, brother? Word to you, brother. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Oh, it has been quite <laughs> the week. And, uh, yeah, I've been sick as a dog and... Uh, Granted, I probably smell like one, but uh, now I'm feeling uh, a little bit better, 80% wise, and I'm back at work and well rested and ready to give this town a wedgie again. So, uh, what about yourself? What is new in the life of Kevin? Oh, well, you know, just surviving the Texas life over here. It's getting quickly hotter and hotter and hotter. And, you know, it's kind of not fun but you know it's tolerable oh. you know I have, a, I have a strange question for you sure when you're, when you're thinking of nicknames do you call yourself the Walkman you know <laughs> <laughs> you know I was going to go for the obligatory Walker Texas Ranger but I don't think most of millennials will kind of get that reference so I mean oh, I mean the Walkman actually that's pretty pretty good idea but see once again the millennials won't get that reference either. I mean, for those of you out there who do not know what a Walkman is, a Walkman <laughs> is a device that you have headphones you put in your ear and you listen to a cassette tape or a CD that listens to music that you play and then not you know use batteries that you pretty much kill your batteries after a couple of hours. But yes, that's what we used back then in our uh, old age. Yeah, man, just. It's the analog way to listen to music and to destroy the environment through usage of batteries. <laughs> I mean, how old is she going to speed up the destruction of Earth while listening to music? Well, of course. I mean, you know, if you're going to do it, you know, do it in style, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's looking there like some sort of fool. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you, Kevin? How dare you? Hey, God, take that Earth. You don't need. <laughs> you don't need anything clean. <laughs> So, so what's been going on? I mean, uh, with your podcast, Cereal and Beer, I know, I know, an episode is going to drop. Uh, when, when should we be expecting it? We're actually recording tonight. We didn't want to violate Easter Monday, whatever that is. Yeah, I really don't understand the correlation between the bunny rabbit and Jesus, but once again, I don't want to step on anybody's toes when it comes to that one. 
I'm sure there is a good reason why, and so, I don't know. It's, there's gotta be. I'm sure it's a great explanation that would change my life, but I didn't even know there's an Easter money until today, and I thought I'd just slip into another parallel dimension, but what do I know? Well, I you know. I still never understood the concept of it. Now, granted, I mean, we can always blame it on ignorance. Of course, I can sit down and do my homework and figure out, you know, Jesus, Easter, Cadbury eggs, peeps, and stuff like that. But, I mean, that, would make, that wouldn't, wouldn't really make for good comedy, you know, if I just feigned ignorance and just, you know, talked about that instead. Or just make it up as you go. Oh, well. you know, just, like, just like, you know, most religions. <laughs> <laughs> Send your hate mail to the Walker AC experience. Okay. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a fun segment, hate mail of the week. <laughs> oh, I think we get plenty and plenty of those. But actually, here, let, let me ask you uh, what, what is your take on, you know, on, on holidays? Um, but, you know, because I understand, that, of course, each culture has their own particular holiday they celebrate, and it's not for me to, you know, shit on anybody's holiday. But some of them really don't make any sense to me. And, you know, of course, when you do podcasts, you poke fun at things, just harmlessly and whatnot. Now, what, what kind of holidays, you know, after all these years of being on this planet, that you still have a hard time kind of grasping? Uh, well, what is important to, to think about is the origin of holidays. And a lot of holidays in the, you know, in America, either just unrecognized, like, you know, who really thinks of Flag Day or, you know, May Day? But, you know, a lot of more, like, I guess, religious-based ones are actually co-options of other religions. And so it's kind of important to kind of think of those things to really dig deeper into it, to really understand what you're doing, I think. But holidays, I think every month should have at least one three-day weekend. I know that violates the work till you die, you know, ethos of America, but that's just my crazy idea. I mean, how dare you have somebody rest an extra day of the week? I mean, we should be working six, seven days a week, killing each other for a mere pittance, you know, to survive on this planet. So, I mean, you know, Kevin, how dare you, man? Well, I, you know, I'm sure the overlords will send their Skynet drones to destroy me or re-educate me, I mean. So, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I just don't understand why, you know, our country has to not have good federal holidays. I mean, I was very shocked when people started to recognize Juneteenth. I'm like, amazing, that's great. Now, it took me the longest time, being a black man myself, to go, Juneteenth? the hell's that and yeah and once again we chalked up under to the ignorance of not doing my research as i really shouldn't have to as far as you know brand new holidays that just spring up out of nowhere which gives me a day off from work well it's also compulsory education as well um what was very shocking and slightly perturbing is that last night i was at a trivia event and one of the answers to the answer, uh, questions was rosa parks and one person was like i have no idea about that question, like, gasp. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really sad not to go off on a tangent, but, you know, our generation, and I never thought I'd say this, our generation, we know who Rosa Parks is. 
but this particular generation probably does not because of the whole learning, the whole learning, uh, um, I can't think of the word of it, the whole learning structure now, you know, stuff like that because, you know, stuff that's, that's way too far back when they really don't touch on it anymore. But, uh, it wasn't that far long ago. <laughs> it was like, what? It's like probably 50, 60 years ago. That's not that long, you know? And we could learn about pyramids and pilgrims and such. There's no reason why we can't learn about this. Well, I mean, but of course, once again, they start off with the basics. You know, you pick up your history books. Yes, yes, people, books are things that has, uh, you know, paper and, and words on them, not internet. But yes, they have, you know, books with the Mayflower and slavery and Christopher Columbus and stuff like that. They really, really don't go into anything too deeply as far as Rosa Parks. But uh, I just found that quite entertaining, the fact that, you know, one people in that group didn't, didn't know who that was. It was odd, and it's something from our generation too. So I'm like, huh, ooh, that's odd. I mean, <laughs> it's just—it's kind of like you're, you know. Sometimes I'm not surprised because when everything's Eurocentric, you know, history, then you know, you don't know other people's holidays. Like, you, the average person might not know what Three Kings Day is, or Golden Week, or uh, Bastille Day. Or Boxing Day, you know, just like when you only think about one history and that's all, you kind of miss on everybody else's story. Now, speaking of which, now I'm going to poke and prod a little bit. Tell me about mm-hmm. Three Kings Day, because those, that, that's a holiday I've never even heard of. Now, granted, a lot of people have have, but, you know, me and my, uh, you know, mere knowledge here in America, I probably never heard of it. So, uh-huh. I mean, what, what, you know, what is that? I believe it is a Latin X holiday. Um, I think it might have to be a religious holiday, possibly do dealing with Catholicism, maybe. And there's probably three kings in it, and that's the end of my knowledge. Because <laughs> well, I, I, I heard about this from you know people from Puerto Rico back in Florida. Oh, trust me, there are a lot of different kind of holidays. And, and see, I really don't want to say made-up holiday because I know I'm going to offend somebody if I even entertain. Well, the, the, all holidays are made up. You definitely, have, so. you definitely have a point there. I mean, what, I mean what, what's, your, what's your theory on that? Because I'm going to stand back on that one just for a few minutes. I, w- I, w- I want to hear your take on it. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of people mark like a occasion let's just say it's uh, long ago they're like you know what this is a cool looking moon let's think about the harvest moon and let's uh, celebrate it because it's cool that we have a full moon it signifies this or it'll signify an important day um like uh, groundhog's day they're like, man, sure is cold. I wonder when spring's coming. And boom, this uh, groundhog popped up. And we're like, weird, a groundhog. And then it got warmer one year. <laughs> and the next year, like, he wasn't there. Like, hey, groundhog, you know the weather. And they made a holiday. Kind of like that. See? Simplicity at its finest. I applaud you for that because <laughs> never thought of anything like that. And see... <laughs> I hate to even say this, 
but most made up holidays are most religious holidays. And once uh, again, I don't want to stamp on them too much because I don't know too much about them. But the more I look at them, the more I study up on them, I'm like, wow, that doesn't really make any sense. Exactly. I mean, you know, Easter's about, you know, what was it? Um, Jesus getting, like, uh, coming back to life. Yeah, you know. And, you know, because Good Friday was when he got killed. And so, for some, I, it's probably like, you know, capitalism being like, hey, we better make some money. What's like come back to life? X. You know what's cool? <laughs> Pastel colors. We can sell pink and eggs at the same time, everybody. And don't forget candy. And so, there you go. Modern Easter. <laughs> You get people in the background going, hey, um, can we tie this into Jesus somehow? <laughs> I mean, it's exactly, or just like, you know, uh, what else? I mean, of course, Christmas. Christmas, you know, I highly recommend you read, you know, learn the true um, origin of Christmas and that it probably wasn't even during Jesus' birthday and it was just, you know, but on that day to um, take away from the pagan holiday of winter solstice. Or Yule, I mean, Yule, 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 Yule. And so, yeah, and so they just, it was a strategic move. It's kind of like having a party uh, on the same day as your nemesis's party to take away from their party. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Think about it. <laughs> All, all hate mail goes to Kevin Yu from Cereal and Beer. <laughs> and I shall promptly ignore them. <laughs> I shall probably read them and hit delete. Okay. And I'll just, exactly, and I'll be like, new email, who this? <laughs> now, it's, 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 it's interesting not to go off on a tangent, is because, I mean, I grew up uh, Baptist. And, of mm -hmm. course, you know, we had our, you know, basic, you know, holidays, of course, you know. Um, we strayed away from Halloween because, you know, you know, because of the whole uh, religious undertones of Halloween. Um, of course, we celebrated Christmas, uh, Easter, you know, going to church and, and various things of that nature. And then as you grow, you see other cultures, you know, do Passover or, you know, you know different Christian, uh, Jewish, uh, you know, you know, uh, Episcopalian holidays. And you look at them and being so hypocritical, you look at it you're like, wow, that's silly. So Christmas is around the corner, and I'm gonna get this from you know Santa Claus. Like, wait, wait a second, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm I'm poking fun of them, but mine is kind of you know mine is kind of silly too. And looking at different cultures, um, when you grew up, you know, was there any kind of holidays that you questioned? I mean, other than you know the obligatory Easter and stuff like that. Well, you know. It, my mind got blown when, like, you know, as a young boy, I realized that New Year's Eve is different, you know, at different times because of different time zones. I'm like, what do you mean <laughs> not everybody's celebrating at the same time? So it was interesting. Yes, the the um, the timeline, oh my God, the international date line and stuff like that, that threw me off too. But, yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm like, Christmas is today as it is in New England or as it is in Japan. Oh, really? They celebrate theirs five hours ago? Oh, okay, interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what other ones kind of threw you off also? Um, it's not a holiday, 
But do you remember during the year 2000 when people were afraid of the Mayan calendar? Oh, goodness, the and Y2K stuff? Exactly. And then, like, people were just assuming, they weren't even thinking, like, which, you know, in which time zone is it going to end? <laughs> <laughs> now, once again, for those of you who are unfamiliar <laughs> with, with the whole Mayan calendar in the year 2000, Kevin, would you please be so kind? To, uh, to, yeah. I mean, to explain that little ruse everybody went through. Absolutely. It was the strange fiasco of the 90s. In the late 90s, um, the tech sector got real scared because their they were afraid that computers weren't able to process um, 20000 for the year. They just thought, oh no, my micro is going to blow up because of this. <laughs> and so... A whole bunch of money and labor was wasted to make, you know, uh, computers and computer-associated machines ready for Y2K. And then people got real weird about it and associated the Mayan calendar because the Mayan calendar is like, oh, no, it, there's no day after that, which means the world's gonna end. And so, but it turns out the Mayan calendar just didn't really account for the time to go on that long. And people got bonkers and, and ammunition and just fled the cities and just hunkered down and waited for the apocalypse to occur. And, you know, then it did. <laughs> Here we are. People looking like fools. Yeah, and what was so funny is even at my, my, my ripe, what, early 20s, I want to say, um, when that was going on, even I sat on my couch going, Wait a second. Hmm. China, Japan, Europe. Um, shouldn't they have experienced this already? No? Nothing's going on? Oh, I guess I have work in the morning. So let me just <laughs> like let me just lay down and turn off my TV. I think I'll be okay. You know, and, and, and of course even we have critical thinking. You know, you're like, wait a second. This isn't gonna happen. And everything is gonna be okay. And you look at the Mayans, mm -hmm. and of course, just like you said earlier, they didn't really foresee us going on this long, you mm -hmm. know, and everything of the sort. So I kind of chuckled at that because I'm like, wait a second, if it's going to happen, it should happen nine hours ago or mm -hmm. you know, maybe 12 hours ago. And I'm still here paying my bills. Oh, oh OK, well, guess I'll go to work tomorrow. And <laughs> yeah, it was oh, it was all the rage. And, you know. I don't want to say that a good handful of people didn't fall for it, but I think a uh -huh. lot of people did not fall for it. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, it was like the internet's first big hoax, even if it was an accidental hoax. And so, you know, it was it was pretty funny. I mean, if you go back and watch that old movie, um, Office Space, they, they mentioned the Y2K uh, preparations. Yes, and for those of you who, people who have not seen Office Space, I recommend downloading it, looking it up, and watching Office Space. It's a definitely a telltale sign of, you know, of, of how it was back then and kind of how it is now. But but I digress. But uh, you know, like please continue. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah, it's. But you know what? One holiday I enjoy is Labor Day. It's you know how to talk about you know giving workers a break. You know, it's just 
It's like it's nice to think, okay, they care about us that much. <laughs> to give us an That's extra all. day off. Exactly. To go do a bunch of crazy crap. But the second you get sick, you better you better get your sick leave and, and not get paid. <laughs> you're like, okay, <laughs> like, like okay, you're sick? How dare you be sick? So you need to go to the doctor mm-hmm. and you need to go to the doctor the same day that you're sick. And bring us a note stating that you're sick because yeah, we don't because we don't sad. believe you because we think you're yeah. a child and we need proof that you're sick. <laughs> That's right. Note from your not from your mom is not good enough. <laughs> because if you don't if you don't prove to us that you're sick, we're gonna fire you from working for us because you couldn't come into work in the first place. That uh-huh. makes definitely makes all the sense in the world. Um, yep, and just yep. You better not get a long-term disease, or just you're screwed. Oh, good Lord Almighty, Kev, we're yeah. not. I'm gonna touch that in a few moments here. In a few moments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now, forgive me if I'm wrong here, um, but I know in other countries like Japan, I uh-huh. believe um, they have times where you you work a lot of hours and you have X amount of hours to really take a break, to really sleep. Uh, it, now, am I, am, I, am I off the mark in, uh, in, a, in saying well, that? Well, okay. I think that maybe it misinterpreted is that, like, you know, overtime is normal time. It's, they supposedly limit um, your working hours, but what happens is that people just can't get enough work done or the expectation is it's too great. And so they keep working. There's a lot of false productivity. Because, like, for example, teachers have to work summers, and there's not much to do in the summer, so people are just, you know, doing stuff to make it look like they're doing stuff. Um, Also, um, it's culturally okay to take a nap at your desk because, you know, you're just working that hard. I've done it, and, you know, it's not. Because you're... I think they thought unspoken rules like you're being overworked and you work until you pass up and so just like if you got you know don't have any like um assigned duties you don't have to be here do this it's kind of it's not a big deal if you're just passed out at your desk hmm now is that um now of course i mean do you feel that is better to have something like that you know versus you know versus the american style you know, working nine, 10, 12 hours a day, maybe having two days off, maybe one day off a week, or, you know, or, 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 or do you prefer that particular culture style? Uh, I don't like either, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. I think, you know, what's interesting in the UK is they are trying to, uh, or people are, or companies are trying to embrace the four day work week. So do a four ten split versus like a five eight with, you know, more interesting productivity and satisfaction um, uh, rates. So I think that's really interesting. And yeah, because like, you know, over there, it's like, yeah, yeah. I would say that it's, we work even harder. You become like a stranger to your family, <laughs> and, you know, and like people, you get so ingrained that people get depressed when they retire because they don't know what to do their lives anymore at all because all they did was work. And so, you know, like, in America, you know, it's a different way, you know, you work till you can't work no more, and then, like, you know, the retirement age is never, and, you know, you got to do all your other, you know, non-work stuff in the, on the weekend or whatever. 
So it was just both, just kind of, um, I would say, it's about extracting as much productivity and, and value and wealth out of a worker as possible. Yeah. So neither. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree with that, that one because, I mean, you know, your, your retirement age is what, like 65 or a little bit higher than that? And mm-hmm. after that, your time is limited for, for only a small pittance, you know, per month that, that the government gives you to live on. And then even that, mm-hmm. you'll still have to work because the cost mm-hmm. of living you know, increases all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting you know, to, to find and stick with the job that you like for X amount of years until you're at your golden years, as, as they would call it, and live out the rest of your days just sitting around scratching your balls doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But how feasible is that now? It's, you know, like, I've, I've noticed that, um, you know, an interesting thing going on right now is all the protests and civil unrest that are happening in France only because that the prime minister's, or the president's trying to shove um, this, this measure to raise the uh, retirement age by two years. Their, their retirement age was like, like mid like mid 60s like 65 or so which is one of those like was pretty low compared to other countries and like people are losing it and i think it's because they realize how um important a social safety net is and without it you know you just i don't know end up sacrificing your life to you know just make money and, and that's all it is is basically you know you you're born you start working you don't stop working and there's a very very small percentage of you know of us you know of humans um that will either a become a tremendous entrepreneur and make tremendous money or b trip into money inheritance lottery stuff like that you know to where you don't have to really worry about finances anymore um if not the the larger general population have to work until they either drop dead or until their social security kicks in, like I said, 80, 65, 67. And then it's still at that particular point, you still find yourself working, you know, once again, just, just to sustain that lifestyle. And, and it's been going on forever. It's been debated about forever. And there isn't really an, an end to that. I mean, or at least in my, in my particular lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it only seems that, you know, with, how much more competitive things are going, how expensive life is getting, especially recently, it may seem the future to be really difficult. And, you know, it's, it, you, it's not like it's, it was like in our parents' age or, you know, our grandparents' age or something like that, where like, you can just work, you know, one job, you can have a house, a car, and a family, and just, yeah, just got to go, you know, bag groceries at the supermarket. <laughs> 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 um, no, we still see, uh, yeah, I mean, we still see the eighty-year-old man bagging groceries in Walmart. And not that anything's wrong with that, but in my belief that at that particular age you should not be doing that. You should be relaxing in your quote-unquote golden years. But yeah. once again, you know the wheels gonna keep on turning, and that's something that we're gonna have to keep doing many, for many, many years. Um, also, not to jump into weeds too much as far as disability in the workplace goes, because unfortunately, I mean, you better than anybody knows the struggle when it comes to that. Good gravy. I, 
I've suffered through the process and yeah, it's, it is a horrific process. Um, a lot of people rely on lawyers to get them help and you gotta do it right. You better not like, you better not look at people wrong. <laughs> You're gonna disqualify you. Um, and it can take years, like literally years to get help and you can't have, you know, can't make a certain amount of money. You can't, have, you can't, you know, you gotta be kind of dirt poor to make it. And, you know, even if you get it, it you're still at a um, pretty low standard of living. And you're, so you're, it's called the bronze handcuffs because you lose your benefits if you don't, if you make more than a certain amount of money, not, you know, and so you better get a great job to, to risk losing your insurance and your disability benefits. And, you know, even getting long-term stability through insurance has been a nightmare. I've been in a fight to get that for about for a year or more, and just due to good bureaucracy and people not doing their jobs, I can't get it. And so, it is a huge problem, I believe, in um, the American system of doing things. And, you know, I'm of the belief that disability will happen to everybody. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but it will. As long as you're a human being, your body's going to break down. And... And when you can't do it, you'll see. So, I mean, you would think that um, benefits in America would be a whole lot better than it would be in other countries, like, say, for example, Canada or, or the UK or Japan, just to name a few. But come to find out, um, the healthcare system is a little bit better, not by much, in, in Canada. Um, have you done any research on any other places um, did the healthcare system w w would benefit you more other than here? Oh yeah, I mean the the benefit the system actually in Canada is pretty good. My uncle, um, when he got cancer, he got treated pretty well up there. And the, like I don't like the criticism of like, oh, you're gonna have to wait. Well, you gotta wait anyways in America, and you might go broke waiting in America. You got medical debt that'll just you know unless you have you're well off, you is a huge burden. Or like in the UK, you know, being on the dole is pretty decent. You have a pretty decent, you know, benefits package. Even when the Queen died, they gave extra money to people on the dole over there. So you're living pretty decently. I blame cultural slash political factors for the poor social safety net we have here. Like, I will point my finger at some at people such as Ronald Reagan, who, you know, created things such as the myth of the welfare queen, villainizing people that need help and just making it be like, oh, anybody can make it. You know, never mind that, you know, some people are just born into money and just some people just can, you know, have the resources and luck, you know, and are able to work their way up. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bad system. Yes, it's a, it, I mean, it's a very faulty system that you and I, you know, could talk about for hours because once again, it's one of these systems that, will just constantly not I don't want to say screw you but yeah yeah pretty much screw you <laughs> for many many it's years great. yeah for many, many years to come um, yeah and most people would say hey you know we want you to go to Canada because the healthcare is free it's not that simple it's definitely it's not, not that simple yeah. yeah not any fool can just walk into there it's like it's it's tough like yeah maybe if you want to like live in the Yukon uh, you know, where like nobody lives and you got like be careful of, like bears and stuff. Sure. I mean, you, it, you, you better have like a high-valued skill 
uh, in order to get citizenship. It's kind of like, you know, people come to the U.S. To come here legally is really difficult. You have to have, like, money and, 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 and resources and clean background to get here, you know, cleanly. And that can take years, too. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, a really good friend of mine um, moved to the UK. And for her to get to the UK, you know, of course, she had to have a visa. Um, and she was married there. And she had to jump through many, many months of hoops to get there. And, of course, not too many, not too many people know that if there's any mistake, paperwork, uh, wise, criminal, anything of the sort, you know, you get sent back to the States and you're not coming back anytime soon. You know, so all that money, time, effort, everything is, will just be a wash, you know, from, from going to country to country, especially living, taking care of, you know, the healthcare advantage and stuff like that. That's right. And it's, it's a little, it's weird to think of it like in a long, like a long timeline of, of countries and immigration. Oh, back in the day, it was so much easier, but people came for the same reasons. Um, it, it, it's really sad when I think about like children that, you know, basically risk their lives away from their families to, you know, some, to just travel to the United States just to be like, you know, caged and sent back. You know, it's people that aren't even, you know, old enough to, you know, drive a car are risking their lives to come here for the very same reasons that people came here in the first place, but we made it harder and harder and harder as time goes on. Yes, and of course, it's going to continue to be that way, you know, just regardless. And just as a small aside to my listeners out there, trust me, I am not going to pretend that I know, you know, what I'm speaking of. Most of these are just my general opinions based upon the fact that I've been in this country for many, many years, uh, been through a lot, just like the common American, of course, you know. So once again, these, these are just my opinions and views of my experiences as far as, you know, healthcare, jobs living on my particular age, knowing that in the next 20 years, uh, I'm going to have to go through the social, the social security uh, battle. And of course, you know, you, Kevin, are going through the medical battle right now. And just like you said, you know, the human body breaks down no matter how well you take care of it, no matter what vitamins you put into your system, no matter how much you work out every day. Of course, we're just like vehicles. You know, eventually, you know, we will break down and we, and we will need care. And that's one of the major arguments and debates that have been going on, oh, good Lord, before we were even thought of, yeah. <laughs> you know, we with the American American health system. And even even also other countries' healthcare systems. You know, I'm curious to see what goes on as far as, like, the Asian culture, Japanese culture, whether you're in Bavaria, whether you're in Germany, how their healthcare system works. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have any, any knowledge on how, how uh, they work over there as well or no? Um, a little bit, but my family, like, um, I have a sister-in-law from Germany and, you know, her parents were able to, you know, be able to come to the United States as well. And, you know, their, their social safety net seems pretty great. They have like, they have amazing, like workers benefits. Like you get so much time off. It's ridiculous. Sometimes, you know, like I looked at them, like, how can you do it? How can you just be like, I'm just going to travel for a month. That's insane to me. <laughs> but like, you know, you know, they seem to be able to have, take care of their older people or people with disability, disabilities much better than here. In fact, there is a place, a town in Germany that's, that was made for blind people. 
It's called a bleeder stock or something like that. I'm like, that's crazy that they can do that. Really? Yeah, yeah dude. Now, of course, that makes you wonder about the finances that goes into that that particular town in Germany. It's probably, you know, a combination of, you know, taxation and, and also just really empowering the people to, to, you know, be productive and live the lives they want. Yeah, you know, like, sometimes I think it's like almost like a philosophical... Um, about, like, uh, underpinning about why we do things and how we do things. You know, like, here it's about the process and work ethic. Whereas other countries, like, nah, it's about, you know, more of the human experience. Do you, I mean, do you think the U.S. is more jaded as far when it comes to, not, I want to say, I don't want to say human empathy, but just taking care of us as a people versus, uh, versus the common dollar? You know, versus you know, big, you know, bigger, better, faster, stronger. You know, um, the uh, the basic. You know, um, you know. I mean, like leaving the weak, you know, to die versus you know, focusing your attention on, on the stronger. I mean, do you think you know America has really kind of, you know, kind of dropped the ball when it comes to taking care of just people in general? Well, kind of, because I think when we when we think about why and how we're doing things it's it, like we're in a capitalist society and unfortunately um sometimes late stage capitalism rewards the worst parts of of human nature like greed and exploitation and having a cutthroat nature being a sociopath you can make it big if you know for, if you're smart and a sociopath in america you know it's it's you know it, it's amazing that you know that we're okay with that and that it is, like, we think of a lot of, like, you know, like, oh, when you think about the American dream, it's like, oh, you can do whatever you want. If you just work hard enough, you can do it. And, you know, people still think that way. But, you know, then, you know, what was that in Star Trek? It's like, it's the, to, to misquote, something that's like, um, sometimes you can do everything right and still fail. Yes. And sometimes it's also seen as a, as a moral failing. It's like, you know, yo, you, you, you had to declare bankruptcy. That's because you didn't work hard enough or you made too many mistakes or you're just a bad person. <laughs> 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 you know, it's all about the individual and like there's a lot of people thinking, like, oh, I did this all by myself. Nobody taught me nothing. Nobody loaned me nothing. This and this and this. I'm like, that's funny. And yeah, I mean... We're all just, um, there's a quote, well, you know, that's real popular in it from John Steinbeck, I think, uh, about um, uh, the, the reason that socialism has spread in America is that people think they're just temporary embarrassed millionaires. That's interesting. That is really interesting. You should check it out, man. Well, because, you know, nine times out of... No, 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 no. no. Let, let, let me rephrase that because I sound like more of an idiot than I ever have. But yeah, it's just a, just a typical American dream that you touched on. Most people's American dream always have to do with wealth. Always has to do yes. with money. Always has to do with fame and everything of the sort. Mm -hmm. So you have it ingrained in you as a, as a young person. You know, these are your goals. You know, you have to be rich you have to be wealthy you have to have something to show for yourself as a monetary value not necessarily health not necessarily personal 
personal goals, you know, uh-huh. just like say, for example, I'm going to throw my name in for five seconds. I'm a wealthy person because of the things I have accomplished, not necessarily uh-huh. within my bank account. But uh-huh. typically that does not matter in the grand scheme of quote unquote America because you have to have a humongous bank account, cars and homes and status and everything of the sort to, yep. you know, to be, to reach that nirvana, you know, like in life, you know. So, and if, if you don't hit that particular goal of that fat bank account and the cars and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you are considered a failure or you're considered average. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think when it comes to other countries, they don't see that. You know, they don't see that, oh, okay, you're not rich. Oh, okay. Well, you have a good job you love to do. You have a great family. Or even if you're by yourself, you hit your personal goals. And that's still considered wealthy. But America, no. You have to have multiple zeros in your bank account. Yeah, because some countries, the the disparity isn't as wild as it is is here sometimes. It's like, you know, not, it's like some people are just like, you know, truly living paycheck to check paycheck versus you've got some people who will be like oh well you know which summer home am I going to go to this week it's you know and we're we're okay with that as a society because we think oh again you know like if I just do what it takes I get all that and that's my measure of wealth and then you go to the next life <laughs> and all that stuff is left behind for the other person to take, and so on, and so on, and so on, a vicious circle. Now, of course, we're not looking to change the wheel. We're not looking to, to reinvent anything. It's just it's an interesting case study on, 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 on America and about how people see wealth, you know, versus, yeah. uh, versus other countries see it just so differently. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's kind of funny that... Um, uh, in some different ways and said that you know the people that say money isn't everything are the people that, that have money yes <laughs> <laughs> you know to quote a very um controversial slash tragic rapper he once said um money ain't everything but not having it is yeah and, and, and I agree with that wholeheartedly you know it's, you know, it's that um it's that um you know, money doesn't buy happiness, says a person who has no money. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, like, I just imagine what, it, what life could be like if um, people didn't have to worry about money so much. Like, what kind of human potential can be unlocked? How can we advance as a society if we didn't have to worry about a roof on our heads and food on our plates? I think that the mindset would alter. Um, and what I mean by that is the humans would, would find something else to use as monetary gain. Okay, you know, so money isn't a big thing, so let's look at the bigger house. Let's look at the best car. Let's look at the most attractive person we have on our arm. That will determine how, you know, that will determine how rich we are. Because we're so materialistic, the mindset will change and they'll find something else to register as a wealthy and rich. But also we could also embrace a more, 
different way of thinking. Like we talked about earlier, what does it mean to be wealthy? What does it mean to be successful? And if you don't have to worry about your fundamental human needs, maybe we can even go to a place where we can get rid of all things. And what if we made it like, you know, I personally want to have a, our human goal is to be the best person that you can be while helping others be the best that they can be. And that's, to me, that's vague enough to, to, to let you to find in any way you want. You can be the best plumber in the world if you want. You can be the best, I don't know, brain dancer in the world. But as long as you're doing that to help, as well as to encourage your fellow people around you to do that too, I think that could unlock true human potential and push us further as a species. If, if generations, our generation, generations later after us, can really alter their mindset, can really kind of unlearn a little bit, you know, the definition of wealthy and what wealthy and rich is, you know, I think we, I think there is uh, an opportunity for that to happen. Um, because once again, I really don't see wealth because I grew up poor, you know, because I grew up, you know, without the, un without the understanding of the value of a dollar is because I didn't know what that was because I didn't have that. And as I grew older, I understood what being wealthy is without having all those extra zeros in my bank account because it really didn't make a difference to me. You know, as long as I did what I needed to do as a human being and nurture those around me, I was wealthy and rich as it is. I can, once again, sit in Castle Walker and go, I'm rich as fuck because I know what I need to do as a human being, you know, and I'm comfortable and I know that I can pass away tomorrow doing the things that I love doing and making a difference. Uh, um, I'd like to get your insight on something. So do you recall this um, psychological experiment that had to do with children and um, like uh, marshmallows and like talking about the, like, I guess, impulse control? I, I've, I've heard of it, but, but I'm not too familiar. I'm just uh, like reversing my memory a little bit. Sure. So children were um, part of the experiment where they were told, okay, you get one marshmallow now, and here's another one. If you wait like 30 minutes, or, well, wait, no, like, okay, so they present a kid with a marshmallow and say, okay, here's a marshmallow. If you wait 30 minutes, you can get another one and this one. And so, you know, different kids, you know, were able to resist it, some couldn't. And so they tried to extrapolate this by saying, okay, so people with better impulse control can have better markers of um, success later in life. They can achieve more because they can have delayed gratification. But a more recent criticism of it, because it's pretty old, is that it didn't take into account for the like socioeconomic or cultural um, factors and all. Because you got to think, what if this kid is food insecure? What if this kid has, doesn't get to eat these things at all? What if they talk, you know, they don't trust adults to tell them the truth? It's better to have your stomach, you know, half full now than to be, to be suffering for 30 minutes to have it, you know, <laughs> with two marshmallows in, in 30 minutes. So I thought that was a really interesting criticism of this famous experiment. That's an interesting experiment. It's... <laughs> 
it's kind of a cruel experiment <laughs> a, a little bit and and it's and it you know also teaches the kids different personality types um i i i would, I would imagine and of course we're thinking the results of that most kids depending upon their age range probably didn't last probably didn't have that marshmallow for very long it was interesting and also to think about like you know these kids were i think also have some diversity within the groups and so you know of course they're you know let's let's face it there's certain um cultural groups that are you know deemed as you know oh they're less productive they're less you know they're hard working blah 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 and so you know people took i think people took the wrong lesson from this experiment and said there you go see see these people this group you know they don't work hard enough or they just can't control themselves and they completely think don't really understand the whole problem of it all yeah, I mean, the, 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 the experiment was good in theory, uh-huh. but the message was wrong. Uh-huh. The message was all wrong. Uh-huh. Right. In fact, like, um, you know, in California, it's illegal. I don't know if it still is, but it, it may, is or may was illegal to give, you know, black students an IQ test because they used those tests, which were culturally biased, to put them in special ed and, uh, you know, away from better educational opportunities now that in itself wouldn't surprise me not in the least bit um, because they've always they've always been that theory um, to keep particular races separate you know because that would you know that would cause friction um, that will you know that will cause different kind of mindsets um, so when they do case studies you know I mean deep psychological studies they can say oh well this you know this particular race does this differently and this particular race acts like this you know stuff like that just a basic keep everyone divided so yeah Uh yeah that that wouldn't really surprise me and and, and not at all and that's why you know to go off on another wild tangent um school choice worries me you know people certain economic groups with certain money can consolidate their money and power in certain schools and people who don't cannot hmm interesting yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're still in Florida, man, so that's a huge thing over there. Oh, yes, please don't get me started on Florida, because that's a whole other story. <laughs> the lowest educational rate and everything of the sort, so. Hey, my state is also trying to, you know, beat, you, beat Florida for <laughs> worst outcomes, so. <laughs> Trust me, we can have long discussions about Florida, but uh, <laughs> but that's just a whole other story all in itself. And, of course, what's what's really awesome is, is 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 having these discussions, you know, you know, putting you know, putting these things out here. I mean, of course, once again, like I said before, we're not reinventing the wheel, but we are having these open discussions to make people think, you know. So as time goes on, as life gets shorter and, and as our memories get longer, you know, we maybe can influence a little bit, you know, a little bit of people here and there, or just make some people think. And it's important to have, like we talked about last time, good faith discussions. It's not about attacking the person it's about attacking the idea it's like you you know it's it's how we're going to move forward when we don't when we resist identity politics you know if someone can prove my argument wrong that'd be interesting and then it'd be on me to resist saying oh you know my idea wrong is wrong so i'm bad that's not the truth that's not the truth you know it, it's so you know as long as i can keep that healthy mindset i think i'll be all right Oh, that's true. That's true. This is why this is why I have you on my show. 
<laughs> because we have these com- yeah i mean because i mean other than the dick and fart jokes i mean we do have a good time talking about you know things things very deeply here and um not not, not many people know and of course it's none of their business of course you know uh, that that the struggles that you go through that you're going through personally and still you have the innate ability to you know to be optimistic you know to see the positive sides of things and that's one of the hardcore things I respect about you um, because I can't I can't um, speak on your behalf all I can say was is uh, the things that you've gone through um, would break would break a normal human being and I know that it would crush me <laughs> because i'm such a big Holy puss <laughs> but uh, oh, but no i definitely commend you you know you know for still fighting you know for what, what you know for what you deserve well it's just part of being stubborn and part of being entitled <laughs> part of being vain <laughs> <laughs> you know not all motivations you know the stuff you like to you know like makes you look good Seek <laughs> revenge. Oh, of, of course, of course. <laughs> I heard of a story where a guy like survived, like um, just like in like be stuck in the middle of nowhere, you know, with no supplies, no nothing, like on the bridge of death, because he wanted revenge on the people that put him there. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. The best, the 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 uh, best revenge for me is uh, doing well. That's the best type of revenge. Yeah, yeah, truly, truly. It may not be the most glamorous, but at least you can, you know, you won't be held hostage by negativity and anger and jealousy at night. I'd like to recommend um, a new show on Netflix called Beef. It's amazing, man. Really? Uh, what, what is it about? It's... Um, so the plot involves um, two Asian Americans played by uh, Stephen Chow. I'm um, sorry, Stephen um, Chow. I think he's uh, Stephen Chow. Dang it, he's the guy that played Glenn from um, The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. And Stephen Yun. There you go. Stephen Yun and Ali Wong, and they did great performances. Um, they're on basically opposite sides of the wealth spectrum. But they're two people who are suffering from mental illness and that the most powerful emotion they have is rage and how they try to destroy each other's lives, you know, at at all turns, despite the consequences, despite the risk, they're that consumed with getting back at each other. It's awesome. I definitely might have to check that out. Um, I haven't uh, been deep into TV shows as of late because I've been working so much. But once again, really no excuse. It only takes a few minutes out of my day to you know check out something new. So, well, it's, it's an engaging thing because it makes you. It reminds you of like how soft, how like realistic, how far some people go just to get revenge, and how poisonous anger can be, and how. Mental health really is a huge factor in how people operate, and that some people have backstories. And like, you know, you see some redeeming qualities in these characters, but truly, they're not that great people. <laughs> well, I mean, hearing that synopsis, I I probably agree with you. And 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 to touch on um, anger and revenge, just just for a couple seconds, and you know, as we wind down the show. Um, 
I used to be a very, very angry, very bitter, very, very vindictive person, you know, until one day I had this awakening, uh, pretty much almost dying, um, to where nothing really matters as far as the anger, because it really doesn't solve anything, because nothing good comes out of anger. And if you do choose revenge, and hypothetically speaking, Kevin, you get your revenge, then what? You know, yeah. you know then, then what's the next step? Or you, you know, you, you go through all this intricacies, you know, about somebody else's life and you feel vindicated. Just what's next? Yeah, I mean, you just end up with a story that makes you look like a psychopath. Yes. You know? Like, there are some, some Korean films, well, three of them called The Revenge Trilogy, and one of them was called I Saw the Devil, which is about the emptiness of revenge. And these exploits exactly the what you're talking about. It's like people are just empty after they get their revenge, and it wasn't worth it. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I guess in due time, that all comes with with age. You know, that all comes with age. All comes with wisdom. And I'm yeah. just very glad that you know a whole lot of people that have wronged me, quote unquote, wronged me. I'll put in air quotes. It's just not really worth it. It is really worth it because once again, the best revenge is success. Yeah, exactly. It's, and that success has to be self-defined. Yes. Do not be successful in spite of somebody because you're still going to be miserable. Yeah. I mean, like I feel all those things, and I, I'm not. Too, I'm more self-aware to say like those things still live inside me, but I have the coping mechanisms to not let them control my behavior and run my life no because you know uh speaking of an old saying um a famous person once said you know it's okay to be bitter it's okay to be bitter you know but as long as you work through it power through it and get over it it's perfectly fine so and that's something that stuck with me for the longest time because being bitter does nothing being angry does nothing you know you're showing off to someone who really can give half a crap about you that you've done something in spite of them really does nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And just hopefully people do the work to to know this. And it requires work. It requires vigilance because it doesn't that come naturally to most people. I would say. Yeah, and of course, all the cool revenge movies out there. Once again, really doesn't solve anything. As much as I would love to be John Wick. It won't really do me any good, so. <laughs> exactly. You don't want your dog to die. I'll start that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but uh, um, as this show is coming to a close, um, we, once again, we do appreciate Kevin, you, and all the background noise. Thanks, Kev. And uh, <laughs> I'm uh, glad I had you at, at, as part of the show. Because right now you're a three, Peter, and we're probably going to have you back on again here, uh, again in the near future. Uh, Cigarettes and Beer is the podcast uh, that him and his good friend does. Um, it's an amazing show. It's all about everything, and it's all about nothing. Um, <laughs> so before we sign off, Kevin, is there anything you'd like to say to the people out there that have uh, listened to us? Oh, uh, yeah. Please listen to Serial Beer at Spotify, Apple Apple. Um, podcasts, Podomatic, and just uh, don't be afraid of the work it takes for change. Be afraid of 
of being content with being uncontent. Interesting. There you go. I, I like that. And for my parting gift as my listeners out there, once again, if you want to reach out to us, find us on 22 of the free apps that are out there, of course. Do a search for the Walker AC Experience. Uh, like us. Give us a thumbs up. Get those algorithms up. And uh, email us under slackingmajestically01yahoo.com. That's slackingmajestically01yahoo.com. Um, be a good person. Don't be a perfect person. Don't be an awesome person. Be a good person. As yeah. our lives get shorter, our memories get longer, how would you like to be remembered? Um, okay. I like to be remembered as a good person. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the uh, this sparse episode of the Walk Race Experience. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kevin, you and I will talk offline, of course, like we always do. And uh, uh-huh. yes, I cannot wait for, the, for your episode to drop because it's highly entertaining and I never had a chance to say thank you for giving me a mention on your show that really meant a lot and I do appreciate that anytime man anytime it's, it's, it's what a friend should do yes and you and you as a friend I appreciate you and uh, everyone will talk to you again soon this has been a Walker AC experience I have been Walker AC, you have been my friends, my family, my loved ones, people who loved me and people who've hated me, but you still listen. So nanny, nanny, boo-boo. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon.